And we're live. All right. Welcome to episode 13 of Hebrews and Talks. Is it episode 13? Yeah. Oh, it is episode 13. Yeah. Wow. Uh, it's been, yeah. It already, it's, it's like a quick 13, right? Yeah. Yeah. Flew by. For sure. Um, as always, we're going to introduce our mugs. I got the I'll Be Back mug. I got my mug. I know. Dang, I was thinking the same thing, too. I just realized. Uh, I'll bring, hopefully, I don't want to become a liar, but the... <laughs> The new mug soon. I have it. But oh, you bought a new one? No, it's like you, you've seen it. Okay, okay. I, remember I said that? Yeah, I, don't, yes. I don't want to bring it out immediately. Right, so. right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's too cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we got our mugs. Um, just the layout for today. We're going to have PSK uh, go over the uh, devotional in Hebrews. And then uh, this week, we're, we're going to talk about counseling. Uh, just different experiences we've had, different cases, uh, some advice or even like mistakes or... Just how-tos, just something like that. Or just a broad sense of the word counseling. I think it's a much-needed thing, and we'll get into that when the time comes. But uh, counseling is definitely something that's very important uh, within the church to have. Uh, so after that, uh, we have a, a couple of secondary segments today. We're going to share a favorite funny Bible story uh, that each of us has. Um, and then we're going to have a Christian news to share this one is actually a very uh, encouraging one. I was it was very uh, heartwarming to just see what Lord. what God is doing in the midst of all this AI stuff that we've been talking about. <laughs> so that, that's great. Uh, and then of course we'll we'll close out the show after that. So uh, without further ado, if uh, PSK can lead us in our devotion today. Sure. As always, when the book of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter six, verses thirteen to fourteen, just two verses. This is God's word. It says. For when God made a promise to Abraham, since he had no one greater by whom to swear, he swore by himself, Mm. saying, Surely I will bless you and multiply you. Amen. Um, The author of Hebrews uses this argument. You think about like when you make an oath, when you make a promise. A lot Mm. of times people say things like, Oh, I promise on my mama, right? Like I Mm. promise on everything I have. Mm. But nobody ever says I promise on myself, right? Because like it's... That's the next step forward, right? Like I promise, like if I break this promise, if I'm lying, like you can take my life or whatever it may be. God is so certain. He is so sure that he can promise on himself and that actually heightens infinitely the certainty mm-hmm. of that promise. And so yeah. this is in, in its context, it's talking about uh, obviously the offspring of Abraham mm-hmm. and ultimately alluding to Jesus, the promise, the sure promise of the Messiah, the son of God, Jesus Christ, who died on the cross for our sins and who rose mm-hmm. again from the dead. Uh, so it's talking about that, that, that we see Hebrews, obviously, we've talked about this before many times. We mentioned that it, it exalts Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so the author of Hebrews is saying, like, this is he of whom God made a promise about himself. It was mm-hmm. certain that he was going to come, and this is him. He came. He actually came. This is him. He's the son of God, and he's, he's amazing. He's above the angels and all the creators. He's the creator. But uh, also, just generally speaking, like, this, this principle of... Um, how God's promises are sure and it's certain. I right. think that's super encouraging. Like this week I was thinking about how, and I'll, I'll bring, obviously this ties back to Jesus as well, the promise of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I'll come back to that in a second. But I was thinking about Moses versus Pharaoh. Mm. A very well-known Sunday school right. story and passage. But when, when God calls Moses from the burning bush, that's not actually burning up to go and face 
Pharaoh and to declare to let and to proclaim to let his people go, mm-hmm. Moses says something interesting. He says, who am I to go? And then God kind of ignores him. And then Moses uh, returns with, like, who should I say you are? In one sense, he's saying, who are you to actually send me to the people and to Pharaoh, right? The greatest king during that time period. Right. And God says, I am who I am. He says, tell him the great I am has sent, has sent you. Mm-hmm. And, it's this, and it's this idea that God, this is actually, uh, for those of you who don't know what this is, the first revelation of the divine name. Uh, I believe this is the first time where God reveals his name. Yeah. Uh, we know it as Yahweh. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not going to go into that. It's another, it's another rabbit hole. But Yahweh is this divine name. It's the name of God. Uh, we don't even know uh, if, if this is actually how it's pronounced. Because people didn't want to say it uh, because they, it was so holy, it was so divine that they thought that as sinners, if they said the divine name, that it would profane the name. And so eventually we lost touch with, with how it's actually pronounced. And so we just simply threw in some, some vowels in there and we, we call it Yahweh. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> we call him Yahweh. But this is the first revelation of his name. But the significance of that is that Moses asked the question, who are you? And he says, he reveals for the first time his name. Mm. And it's setting apart because Moses brings before God this image of this ruler, Pharaoh, who's very powerful. Moses is very much afraid. And then God returns with, this is who I am. This is my name. It's like setting him apart. Mm. And he's saying, I'm going to set the people free. I am with you. Like, don't be afraid. I'm going to show great signs. I'm going to free the people. Mm. And it's this idea that like, when you really put into perspective of that, like, a lot of people like like to think about like to characterize the story of of how they come before the Red Sea and like the army is coming behind them like they're at a dead end they're about to die and that's terrifying. Yeah. But with that being said, God reveals His name and and promises by His name that He would set His people free. Mm. With that, like there is nothing that can actually like when 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 you when you think about the name. God's name, Yahweh, the great I am, versus Pharaoh, any ruler, any circumstance. It's, it should encourage us as believers. Like when God makes promises, right, that he's going to take care of us. That yeah. like in the New Testament, Jesus says like, you are of much more worth than the sparrows and the birds. Yeah. Of course, God's going to take you. He's going to feed you. He's going to clothe you. You can have assurance in that promise. In the same sense, the author of Hebrews is saying, you can have, you, you can have, you can be certain that Jesus came and he fulfilled the promise that God made by his own name. Mm-hmm. In the same way, Moses and the Israelites didn't have to worry about Pharaoh. Right? Yeah. Like There is no comparison. How are you going to be scared about a man mm-hmm. when there is Yahweh, the right. Lord, the great I am, Adonai? And so um, in the same way, I'm actually going to push it a little f- uh, further. God also promises that Jesus is going to return one day. And yeah. uh, that promise is also included um, in himself. And we can have, we can be certain that Jesus is coming back. And so we don't have to worry about rulers of today or, or right. certain situations or circumstances that we're facing personally uh, or people are facing their lives. We can have full faith and confidence that at least for those of us who have faith and believe that Jesus is who he says he is and what he did for us and what he's going to do, which is return and bring and and finally uh, fulfill and complete the kingdom, uh, then we don't have to worry. Right. Yeah. I just find that that one line interesting. He says he had, so this God had no one greater by whom to swear. Right. 
he said at the top, there's no one else yep. uh, to swear by. So just another friendly reminder that God is, um, that God is great. He's the greatest. And Amen. his promises uh, always, you know, come true. His promises yep. are always guaranteed. Mm. So Amen. that's the kind of God we serve. What a blessing it is, yeah. right? To come to know a God like that. Um, I guess jumping into our primary segment, we can talk about counseling. Uh, just to, I guess, provide a little, like, a backdrop, I feel like counseling, uh, I think PSK feels the same way too, is very much needed in the church. And I, I think personally from a Korean-American church, it's kind of, like, frowned upon a little bit just because, like, you know, as Koreans, we have our pride. We think it's kind of weird to, to go to counseling. It's like you're admitting that there's, there's something wrong with you. Yeah. Uh, but in this day and age, we see, like, so much. I think part of what COVID did was bring those uh, issues to the surface where we realize, oh, there are a lot of mentally, um, like uh, there are a lot of uh, mental illnesses or like just mental struggles, uh, emotional struggles that people go through. And a lot of times, I guess when things are okay, it's, it's easy for us to kind of uh, keep it hidden and under the surface. But something like the pandemic happens and we're in lockdown and you're isolated. Um, we can imagine just the kind of effect it would have on someone uh, who is kind of mentally struggling, emotionally struggling, even physically struggling, uh, yeah. spiritually struggling. Mm -hmm. uh, just that isolation was too much for a lot of people to bear. And I don't think it's like all of a sudden we have all these mentally, you know, um, mentally just um, going through hard times. We don't have, it's not like all of a sudden there's a spike in number. It's just that uh, the pandemic kind of shined a light upon it. I think all throughout history, people always struggled. Uh, and it's just, now it's just come more visible. Uh, so I guess uh, this segment primarily is just to uh, just go over like how we approach counseling. Not that we're like experts, but mm -hmm. in terms of how, how far we've come in our ministry, like how we've handled uh, situations, um, advice that we might possibly have, uh, our experiences, um, that kind of, um, that, that's our aim for this segment. Yeah. Yeah. And it sounds almost like at this point to like bring up, you know, COVID and the pandemic, the quarantine, isolation and all that. It sounds very like frustrating to some people to like be constantly hearing about it. But like it really did change a lot of things like mm -hmm. uh, like people's lives, like their even like personalities changed a lot. Like I know people who went from being like the most extroverted people that I knew of to like to introverts mm. like who, where they take like the personality test and like it's like a complete 180 change mm. and so yeah it, it definitely changed a lot of things and i think it's relevant to bring up uh i'm, I'm curious like because you were saying and i completely agree counseling is a hard thing to handle and yeah. to uh to navigate and uh we're we're just now seeing uh for the korean american church our context it being more acceptable to like think about and, and talk about and see as a viable option mm -hmm. I haven't taken any courses on counseling yet, mm -hmm. um, like biblical counseling, whatever it may be. Do you feel like those classes helped you? Because counseling is hard, but um, yeah. I mean, for for my um, master's of divinity, it just I like, required one class because I wasn't like specializing in biblical counseling. Mm -hmm. uh, but even that one class, uh, I still remember a lot of things that the professor shared, uh, and I use from what I remember, some of the principles, uh, the main thing I guess is, um, 
just through the various I guess experiences that I've had with just like all these different um types of situations that people are going through and they're they just didn't know how to proceed and for me too like I never a lot of them are, are things I never I personally never have gone through so I'm sitting there I'm like listening to what they're saying and a lot of times I'm just praying in my head like God like I don't know what to say like you know get, like help me to understand their heart and help me to uh, just just give me the words to say that that's kind of what I'm praying while I'm listening to what they're saying but I think the biggest aim is always bringing back them back to the gospel mm. that's the key I feel like I don't know how other seminaries teach biblical counseling but our professor always harped upon the fact that the gospel is really all you need yeah. right? if someone understands truly the gospel then they'll be set free from any like mental hardships uh, emotional physical spiritual hardships uh, they just need to truly understand uh, the gospel and so as i'm so many different cases that have happened uh, i'm praying and that's basically what i'm trying to do is get them back to the gospel do you understand the gospel do you understand what jesus has done for you and just the freedom we experience because of that and then the ability for us to put our faith in god knowing that we can trust him because he literally saved us from eternal death um and allowing that to really sink in and then seeing the change in that person. Yeah. For sure. Like I think it's 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 tricky to um navigate counseling mm. because like every every case is different. It's relative. Yeah. And like I'm finding myself as well, like right before like, oh like I see I see where this is headed. Mm -hmm. It's gonna be a little, it's gonna be a counseling session. There's gonna be a lot of like tears or, mm -hmm. or a prayer. I'm like throwing up like uh arrow prayers like right before like god like whatever this is like mm -hmm. give me wisdom yeah <clears throat> um yeah i think lately i've been thinking a lot about psalm 23 and remind uh -huh. me when i was hearing you talk how and this is a very famous psalm but i just flipped there and it says in verse four it says even though i walk through the mm -hmm. valley of the shadow of death i will fear no evil Mm -hmm. And then it says, for you are with me. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> I think that's something that a lot of people miss and a lot of people don't think about. And lately, my youth has been going through a lot of diff uh, difficult situations. And this has been something I've been going back to over and over and over again. And it's interesting how like, and I think it's so true, like going back to the gospel every time. Mm -hmm. Because as shepherds, I believe, though I haven't taken classes on it, based off of my experience with my Jesus in my times of need and based off what the words of God say that the answer to counseling as shepherds is to is to point them to the shepherd yeah and and one of the ways we can do that is actually be be like our shepherd when we're in our times of need and and this is why I bring this up in, in Psalm 23 verse 4 where sometimes they just need a reminder that God is there. Mm -hmm. um, it's not that a lot of the questions when you're going through suffering is like, God, why are you doing this to me? Or like, why are you letting this happen? Or mm -hmm. why is this happening, period? And uh, lately I've been letting my youth know, like faith is not faith in you never falling because God is good. Mm. It's faith in a God that will be with you when you inevitably fall. Mm -hmm. It's like a... When Peter walks onto the water, and mm -hmm. I think this is beautiful, but when Peter walks onto the water, 
and he sinks because he starts looking around and he sees uh, the storms and, and, and the waves and, 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 uh, and the thunder and all that stuff. And, and he sinks into the water and he cries out for the Lord to, to, to help him. And Jesus immediately reaches out and grabs him. And what does Jesus say? He says, he says oh, you have little faith. Why did yeah. you doubt? I think, I believe, and I've, I've given this some thought, especially recently. Most preachers will say, oh, he doubted when he started to look around. I don't think so. Mm. I think he doubted when he sank and he started freaking out. Mm. I think when Jesus pulled him out of the water, Jesus was letting him know, like, why did you doubt that I wouldn't save you? Mm. Like, why did you cry out, Lord, help me? Mm. Why did you doubt that I wouldn't reach out immediately mm. and pull you up mm. and hold you? I think that's what Jesus is saying. And it could be both. I'm not saying it's one or the other. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think it's, I, I would, you know, I think it's, I think it's the latter as well. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think counseling in many ways is, is just letting, like you said, like pointing to the gospel. Like, not just telling them, but showing to them by you being with them through the storm, mm -hmm. right? But also almost proving it, right? Like mm -hmm. I've been bringing up uh, Peter sinking and Jesus saying those words a lot lately to my youth. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, just, just pointing them back to the Lord and, and reminding them of Jesus' love for them, mm. even as they're going through this. That's good. Um, kind of piggybacking off of that, like the rest of that verse says, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And um, it's kind of, I, I actually preached just on that verse for like a few weeks ago about the, the rod and the staff and like the, the roles they play, <laughs> right? The rod is like a, looks more like a club. So that's what the shepherd used to ward off, you know, predators who tried to come and eat the sheep. But it also, also was a way for the shepherd to count their sheep. So every time when they're going back into the pen, he would have the rod out and they'll go under the rod. And it was a way for the shepherd to inspect each sheep and count them, make sure that they're, they're okay. Um, and then the staff was used uh, to guide them to the right path. So as, when one starts to veer, the, the shepherd would use that long staff to kind of put pressure on one side to bring them back, you know, this way or that way. Uh, the shepherd, the sheep would feel that pressure and it would kind of redirect where they're going. And if they still are stubborn, they choose to go the wrong way and they fall, then the hook part is was what the shepherd used to take it out of that place. So if you think about that, even though we're going through the valley of shadow of death, and a lot of people feel that way when they come to counseling, they feel like there's no hope. Uh, a lot of them have like suicidal thoughts, like there's nothing to live for. They just want to die. They, you know, ask, you know, question why they were even born in the first place, that kind of darkness. And the reason why we point them to Christ is that he's the one that's going to have to lead them out of there with his rod and staff. Right. Um, and so I truly believe, yeah, you can take medication and you can do like all these little like, um, strategies or whatever it is that psychologists and psychiatrists can can teach you and when you're going through something but those things are like a temporary fix mm -hmm. uh and they might work i'm not saying that they're they're never going to work right. but if you want a permanent fix it has to be the gospel like once you understand uh what jesus has done for you and what um and how he's the good shepherd and how he is there with us even when we feel like we're alone yeah uh, that's what's going to help us to get out and then uh, continue on, you know, in a in a healthy direction. Yeah, and, and it's important. It's not like it's not 
it's not like a cliche, like over-spiritualized, like good feeling. We're not saying like Jesus fixes your sadness because he makes you feel loved. And that's yeah, definitely yeah. part of it. Mm-hmm. But like, like we were talking about from Hebrews, there was certainty in the promises that he makes about those whom he loves, those who have faith in him. Mm-hmm. Like he has a plan for us. He has a life filled with purpose, mm-hmm. not just simply walking through this life, eventually uh, going to the grave and whatnot and just living for ourselves and building ourselves up and whatnot. Mm-hmm. No, we, we, we're here as miniature lights, uh, living to tell people the gospel and, and experiencing fellowship with the church. And, mm-hmm. and he gives us so much more uh, hope mm-hmm. than simply like a good feeling. And, yeah. and um, I think one of the best, this is more practical, but one of the best um, counseling advices I've ever received wasn't even about counseling per se. It was about, uh, it was about marriage. And uh, this great pastor, uh, Pastor Russ Whitfield, He's the, uh, he's the lead pastor at a, at a church in D.C. called Mosaic uh, mm. Church. Mm. I think that's what it's called, Mosaic Church. And uh, one of the, I think he's probably the greatest preacher I've ever met. This guy, like, he won't even give a full sermon. He'll just, like, give us illustrations to, like, give us examples on how to preach and how to deliver uh, illustrations. And, like, it's like I'm, like, crying, like, mm. simply from the, from the illustration. And he's crying up there. Anyways, great guy. Uh, but he... He, he actually took some of us seminary students out to lunch one day, with some of the students, and right after his class, and we, we grabbed lunch, and, and, and one of the students asked him, one of us asked him, might have been me, like, what do you do when, as men, when we want to, and as shepherds, we want to provide, um, like, the solution? We know the answer to your dilemma, especially mm-hmm. if it's, like, a girl, or if, especially if it's, like, our, our partner, our wives, whatever it is, mm-hmm. but, like, they don't want to hear it, like, how do we know when we have to give it to them or how do we know when uh, when to like, okay, just listen, even though like we know what would help you because we love you. Yeah. And he said this very like simple, but very like very profound thing. He said, you know, for counseling in general, the best thing to do is to help them find the answer themselves. Right. And I think this is what Jesus did a lot of times. And like when people were, were met with dilemmas and whatnot, instead of giving them the answer, Jesus would ask them questions. Mm-hmm. And, um, and he said, that's what he does. He says like, and it's helpful for us personally too, as as pastors, like, because like when you go through a long day of school, work, preaching, teaching, whatever, discipleship meetings, whatever it is, all these things you're, and you're drained, the best you can do is simply listen. Mm -hmm. And so you're just like, "Mm, yeah, you're just listening. And then instead of like giving them the answer, like having to explain the answer, you just ask them questions about the situation to help them figure out the answers themselves. Yeah. Yeah, and um, I think that that's been super helpful. Ever since I heard that, that's what I've been doing with my youth for the most part. Just like asking them questions. Like even though I know what I want to say, I try to ask questions that kind of like lean towards the answer mm-hmm. I want to give to them. Yeah. Yeah. Like why? Why are you feeling sad about it? Yeah, but like why are you mad at this person? Right. And uh, the, them simply thinking that through and like talking to themselves, they're gonna eventually realize, okay, like I know what you're doing. Like I know what you're saying. <laughs> and you're gonna be like, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. uh, but yeah. Um, I think. When I first started out in ministry, like I wanted to, you know, like every movie, there's like some random person that like gives like some kind of short, like wisdom and that kind of like changes their whole life. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, I wish I could say something like that. But like, (laughs) I'm not that kind of guy. I realized like I don't have like these little like profound, like one liners that would like just change someone's life. And I just, uh, so I just, you know, I just gave up on that and said, you know what, like, um, when I counsel, you know, 
I think what I've come to realize is the more I've done it, and even now I feel like I'm still very inexperienced in that area, but the the times that I've done it so far, I feel like the biggest thing was me just being there, mm-hmm. uh, just listening. Yeah. Uh, a lot of times they, they say, you know, just thanks for listening to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they know that I'm praying for them. I think that's the best thing I can do, uh, aside from leading them to the gospel, is uh, pray for them, listen to them. And there are a lot of times where I just don't know what to say because I don't know. I never experienced what they're going through. And just like, um, uh, I just most recently, you know, about a year ago, I was just like, you know, crying with them. You know, they couldn't understand why something so horrible could happen. And as a pastor, you know, I said, you know what? We don't understand sometimes either. And I just uh, cried with them. I think that was enough for them. And a year later, they're they're blessed with a, a really big blessing in their life. Mm. But um, yeah, sometimes we just don't know um, why things happen, uh, why God allows such uh, sad things to happen, unfortunate things to happen. Yeah. Um, and as a pastor, like I've come to terms with the fact that I don't have all the answers because God is God and, and I'm just a human, you yeah. know? And so just being there, listening to what, what they're saying, uh, trying to understand what they're going through, um, I think I shared like in one of the earlier episodes about this one youth student that I had a long time ago that thought he was Esau, right? Because it's actually in Hebrews, I forget where, where it says God says, you know, Jacob I love, but Esau I hated. And every time he read that verse, he would tell me like he feels like he's Esau. And even during that time, uh, honestly, I didn't know what to say because I never felt that way. I always felt like God was on the side of loving me instead of hating me. Uh, but I remember even in those times, I didn't know what to say, but I was there. Uh, I hugged, you know, I showed love. Um, I showed him the gospel. Um, and now he's doing, you know, much better. But um, I think more often than not, I feel like most people won't know what to say in certain situations. Yeah. Because uh, there are just so many different things that can happen to someone. Mm-hmm. And there are so many things that each of us experience it. Even if we experience the same thing, uh, we don't experience it in the same exact way either. Yeah. They're like little other variables that turn it off. And so uh, the best thing to do is point them to Christ. And we've went over it in Hebrews. He knows how we feel. He went through everything that we've gone through. Um, I think that's, for me, the, the biggest aim for me is just, like I said earlier, point them to the gospel, mm-hmm. point them to Christ. Because that's truly how they're going to be uh, set free from what yeah. they're going through. There's a lot of wisdom there. That's so good. Um, like, I think a lot of people think of this example, but like Job and his three friends. Mm. I think I've heard it said in this way, Job and his friends did one thing right. As soon as they opened their mouths, they messed up. Yeah. Right? As soon as they start to speak. Right? Job was facing the worst suffering in every, literally every category, right. every way possible. Right. And his friends, for the first while, or like they, they sat with him mm-hmm. and they, they weeped with him and they just stayed silent. They were just mm-hmm. present and they did right in doing so. Mm-hmm. As soon as they opened their mouths, they messed up. Yeah. I think a lot of people, like when, I, when we go on youth retreats, and for those of you who've grown up in the church and, and been to retreats before, you know this. We call the volunteers and those that, those that go to serve counselors. Mm-hmm. And I let, we have, <clears throat> for our youth retreats, you can't just volunteer and go. You have to actually attend two meetings. 
that we have for training, but also prayer purposes. And during the training purposes and the, the sharing of the logistics, I make it very, very clear. You guys are called counselors, not teachers, mm-hmm. right? And, I, and for most of them, I let them know, like for most of you, you're not even equipped to be teachers. The reason why we call retreat counselors counselors is because you're there to listen mm-hmm. and you're there to pray. Mm-hmm. You're there to hug and embrace and love and, and be there with them mm-hmm. and go through it with them. Uh, and that's the biggest thing, I think, for counseling, listening, yeah. right? That's why like a lot of counselors, they get paid to just listen to rants and they just yeah. sit there as the person's laying on the couch, just mm-hmm. talking for like an hour themselves. And it's like, it's, it's easy when you just got to listen, but it's, it's also very, very helpful. I think, and this is gonna, <laughs> this might strike a nerve with some people. I think 90, like 99% of people, they, in situations of counseling, they should not say anything. Yeah, they should just yeah. keep their mouth shut. They should hold their tongue. They should tame it. Mm. And I, I mean, I get it. Like, I was one of those people that, like, it wasn't out of love. It was out of my own pride and wisdom and my own, like, wanting to be wise and mm-hmm. wanting to be the one that helped to, like, every time someone came to me for help, I had a solution. I had mm-hmm. five. And I just threw it at them. And, and I thought... You know, that was helping them, even if it wasn't what they wanted to hear, or even if I was wrong, like, I just uh-huh. gave, them an, I gave them an answer. And yeah. I just think the church would do very well if we just all just like, shh, mm. like just didn't talk mm. as much. Um, yeah, I think, I think that's important, right? And, and if we do speak, and if we do have something to say, then whatever it is, whatever they're going through to do it in gentleness, I think. Yeah. Gentleness, love, yeah. kindness. Yeah, no matter what. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think a lot of times we want to say, like, the right thing. Like I mentioned earlier, like, I want to say that one, like, profound thing. That would be, like, an aha moment that will, like, change their life. Uh, but that's up to God to do. Yeah. You know, I'm just going <laughs> to sit there and listen and pray and encourage them. Uh, share the gospel. Uh, but really, I... You know, really believe if you know the gospel, it's gonna set you free. Like, um, it's not just salvation purposes, which is of course the biggest thing. But like, if we understand who we are in Christ, then there's no there's no room for depression, there's no room for anxiety, there's no room for low self esteem. It's like all these things that we struggle with just like are gone, mm. right? Because it's not founded in who we are anymore. We are now His, and God says that we are, you know his and we are his children and that that's where our worth comes from so uh, we can mess up in life we can like lose our job we can drop out of school we can you know get bankrupt i don't know whatever else can happen in your life uh yeah those things are bad i'm not saying it's okay but but like we're able to overcome because those things ultimately don't define us either right we are his and god takes care of us and we truly believe that and we I live each day, you know, according to to his will. Um, it gives us like a new purpose in life, meaning in life. Um, there's no more need to uh, struggle or wander or, you know, kind of live your life kind of clueless, yeah. uh, aimlessly. Uh, but we have a purpose now, right, for, for God and his kingdom. Yeah. And so once we know who we are in Christ, I think all those secondary things go away. And, and like I said, like, yeah, you can, we can follow some of the worldly, like, 
str- uh, like strategies, how to overcome depression and things like that. And they might work, but the permanent solution is knowing who you are yeah. uh, in Christ. Amen. Yeah. I think for any of us who need counseling, anybody that's listening that needs some sort of counseling, mm-hmm. and I would give a practical advice. Yes, go to your pastor. Yes, go yeah. to somebody to listen to you and whatnot. But uh, something that a lot of people don't think about and make the connection with, make a connection between is reading the words of God. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people, before you tune me out, that sounds very like, oh, like that's such a Sunday school mm-hmm. answer and response, like read the Bible. Right. But actually, I think the Bible is actually promoting this. Mm-hmm. When Job goes through all these sufferings, at the end of it, he actually gets it restored and it's like, it's multiplied. Mm-hmm. But the, the point is not that God is going to uh, make you rich or like restore your suffering or like give you more because you suffered more. And that's gonna happen in heaven, but not necessarily here on earth. In the in the way that it pushes against this this false idea that like um, that God actually allows His people to be prosperous even if they're going through suffering. So faith mm-hmm. equals prosperity is the canon itself. Mm-hmm. I might have talked about this before, but as soon as you turn, you flip from Job and you move on, you actually turn to Psalm one, where it says, "Blessed is the one who doesn't do these things, but the one who delights in the law of the mm-hmm. Lord." So it's fighting against this idea that, oh, Job was blessed because he got all these things multiplied and returned to him. No, Job was blessed because he delighted in, in the right. Lord. Um, like I knew uh, um, <clears throat> some, uh, one of my old youth, he reached out to me and, and he was going through um, a, lot of, a lot of different things and scenarios and his heart was a little broken and he was, he was feeling a little, little discouraged. Mm. And he said this very probably unknowingly, but very wise thing where he said, hey, like I'm going through these things. Can you actually send me some of God's words? Mm. And he's like, I just really need God's word right now. Right? He didn't ask for my advice. He didn't ask for my opinion. He didn't ask for his, his former pastor's words. He wanted God's words. Mm-hmm. And there is way more comfort and hope and life found yes. in his words yeah. than our words. And so right. if you need counseling, go to God's word, right? Like it's just riddled throughout scripture, right? That the words of God are living that they're sharpened into a sword beneficial for multiple, a multitude of reasons. Um, it's, 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 it's life for our souls and uh, never ending uh, spring of, of life and water and joy. Um, but for those of you who, are also placed in positions of counseling understand that it's not your words and your mm-hmm. wisdom and your job even to actually provide hope to them if right. you do it's very temporary right yeah you need the words of god to do so right um yeah but you know counseling is important yep i think every church should have a dedicated i know it's hard, maybe hard to find people like that but mm-hmm. a dedicated person who can uh do counseling um just so that people who are struggling um, will have a listening ear, first of all, but also um, be encouraged to read their word. Uh, just well, when PSK was talking, I just realized the darkest times in my life, too, what got me out wasn't what my parents told me or friends have told me. Uh, it was when I went back to God's word. Amen. Right? I just, yeah, in college, post-college, you know, high school, those t- times where I was struggling. Um, I wouldn't say I've had like um, many episodes of like depression or anxiety, things like that, maybe once or twice in my life. Um, but even those times, um, I didn't seek 
like psychiatrist or <laughs> psychologist. Um, I just came to the end of myself, and that what got me opening up God's word. And as I, as I was reading it, man, like revival, right? Just within my own like heart, right? And it, yeah. it like brought me back. So, uh, yeah, God's word is what we need to be reading more so than listening to uh, what others may have to say. Mm. Uh, Amen. It's a good word. Yeah. I guess. Um, On a more lighthearted note. <laughs> yeah, lighthearted note. Um, we just want to share a couple, I guess, um, funny stories that we find funny, I guess you could say. I don't know if our viewers or listeners will think it's funny, uh, but I don't know if as, uh, as PSK is turning to his, uh, mine comes from Second uh, Samuel where uh, Absalom is uh, David's uh, son. And it's noted that he has, he was like a very handsome guy mm. and he had like uh, really nice hair, right? That's <laughs> what the Bible says, right? Very thick, nice hair. And uh, what I find funny is, I guess it's kind of like morbidly funny. I don't know, but he, he's riding on a donkey or a mule or a donkey, something like that, and he's going to war. And then the funny thing is, his hair gets stuck in the tree. And then the donkey keeps going. So he's dangling there, like helpless, and that's how he dies, actually. Someone shoots him with an arrow, uh, and that's how he comes to his death. I just find it funny that what was so glorious to him, right, his head of hair, <laughs> was his downfall. And then what I find funny is you, you, you like, picture this happening. You gotta imagine it. The fact that he is walking under a tree, or he's riding his donkey under a tree, and his hair gets stuck, but the donkey keeps going. Like, I just find it funny. He's just like, like he doesn't know what to do. He's struggling. And then, of course, like, the dying part is, is whatever. Unfortunate, yeah, it's unfortunate. <laughs> whatever. It's, it's unfortunate. But I'm just saying that, that scenario, though, if you think about it, right? Yeah. Uh, it, just, it just cracks me up. What are yeah. the odds? Yeah, what are the odds? But, uh, yeah, I'm actually trying to grow my hair out now. All right. I've been considering it, so uh, just don't go under trees. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe uh, I need to reconsider, but but yeah, mine comes from Jonah, and um, you really gotta characterize the story if you're gonna actually understand why I find it funny. Hmm. Who knows? Maybe I'm the only one. But in Jonah one, this is actually a, it doesn't waste any time. Jonah goes straight into the point. Mm -hmm. God's calling upon Jonah as a prophet, and it says literally from chapter one, verse one. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, this is verse 2, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it, for there evil has come up before me. And the verse 3 says, But Jonah rose to flee from Tarshish, from the presence of the Lord. And he went to Joppa and he found a ship, and he hopped on. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting, it's funny to me, because it says, you, it starts off in this very cinematic, like the voice of the Lord, it, it comes upon Jonah, his presence falls upon him, it says, Jonah, I have a mission for you, go to Nineveh, right, to preach against the evil, call out against them, and then immediately Jonah starts to run. And I try to imagine like God, obviously he's not a person, but him looking down on Jonah saying, where are you going? Like, where, like, where are you running? That's like, the wrong way. Like, <laughs> like, like you, he says, it says he's trying to flee the presence of the Lord. How are you going to flee the presence of the Lord? Yeah. Like, there's nowhere you can, nowhere go. You can go. There's yeah. nowhere. So I just imagine God seeing this, this man walk away. <laughs> and to God, it just seems like literally an inch away. And he's like, where are you going? <laughs> like, like, you can't escape me. Right. And uh, I think God is just like, just send, just, send the, just send the fish. Just like swallow him up. Yeah. Um, and he'll come back. 
but um <laughs> you really got to read stories from the right perspective i think in the words of god especially yeah uh we find out <clears throat> as you read uh his word that god has a sense of humor oh, he, for really, sure. he really does yeah uh we just shared a couple there are other ones uh, that we can share as well we might in later like episodes uh just here and there but uh yeah there are a lot of funny stories in the bible uh mm-hmm. for us to uh enjoy as we as we read his word um speaking of which i, I do have a pretty cool and heartwarming uh christian news i know we talked about like ai and like chat gpt and how they're like taking over the world terminator but in turn but uh in light of all that this is ju- uh this is just a headline and i'll just kind of go into the story but kind of the headline kind of speaks for itself it says just the beginning north carolina mega church baptizes 282 people in one day wow 200 so this is a church called um i mean uh, built more church and they have seven different campuses all over Whoa. north carolina so yeah so mega church but they were able to coordinate uh where on a single day they could they were able to baptize 282 people uh outside in a, like outdoor ceremony in three different locations wow 82 people right it's uh it's amazing that even in these you know dark times and ai and what 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 have you that god is still working mm-hmm. uh, north carolina yeah. i know um is believed to be generally like a christian state mm-hmm. but uh to see 282 people in one day yeah get baptized praise the lord yeah that's amazing that's encouraging here on on a few levels but mm-hmm. i think mainly for me because like you were saying like the world is advancing mm-hmm. People are so consumed with like what's happening with AI, like it's even like crept into like Christian discussions and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And pastors, you know, using AI to write up their sermons and yeah. it's, it's a mess. And like the world is facing such like weird problems. Like yeah. this is not an issue that we would we would we would ever have imagined like mm-hmm. ten, even ten, like five years, five, ten years ago. Yeah, yeah. Like can you like nobody would have thought of thought that AI would become a problem. Yeah. Right. Uh, for for the church, but it's good to see that there there's still you know churches out there still uh, rooting themselves in you know fundamental mm-hmm. uh, practices and and, and good uh, things to actually do as a church, like baptize and yeah and uh, proclaim you know your salvation to the world and whatnot. And uh, actually, awesome. actually, uh, that's that's awesome, right? Two hundred eighty-two baptisms, but. Um, in the article, uh, the, this church built more church goes a step further and says like, that's just the beginning, like baptism. Like yeah. a lot of churches, it's like, hooray, you're baptized. That's great. And then they're like, yeah, all see right, next week. So, yeah. But here, yeah. um, where they, they connect and they disciple and they wow. teach, they want them to grow in their faith. And that's, uh, the way it should be. Right? It's not mm. just baptism. Like, Hey, we have 282 people who are saved. Knows now it's. Let's guide these saved people so that they, you know, continue, you know, down the down this the, the right path. And mm-hmm. so they're all in on now connecting them uh, with uh, leaders, uh, putting them in wow. Bible studies, That's make awesome. sure that they're growing. Uh, I think churches need to follow that example. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure like every church does that to a certain extent, but they're making it like a point of emphasis where, yeah. you know, the head pastor is coming out and saying, this is just the beginning like the step one now on to step two and three and four as they lead these new believers uh deeper and deeper into the gospel mm. and so we do need to do that as a church though not just baptize but also 
be there to guide them as they live their spiritual life. Amen. Yeah. In the Bible, I think Jesus in his ministry alone, it, it literally, but this is this is seen throughout the throughout this old old and new testament mm-hmm. that it literally lays out a structure for us, like how mm-hmm. to actually approach both salvation, of course that's the core, but actually moving forward, like growth, uh, spiritually mature, uh, maturing as a Christian, as a believer, mm-hmm. follower, follower of Jesus, follower of God. I think, uh, yeah, churches need to actually go back to actually f- uh, forming their structure and their order, worship, but also, you know, discipleship around what the words of God show us and tell us, yeah. Jesus' example. Yeah. I think too many churches are trying to reinvent the wheel. Yeah. And uh, you don't have to, right? Like yeah. Jesus chose, he could have, he was the son of God. He could have chose any method to to expand the kingdom. Right. And he chose discipleship. He chose yeah. doing life together. He chose the breaking of bread and, yeah. and hospitality and and the training of the words of God. He's very simple, but also very effective, lasting things. Right. And, uh, yeah, I think that's beautiful. That's awesome. Uh, props, to, props to them. Yeah. Build, sure. build, build more, more church. church. Yeah, if you're in North Carolina ever, there's a great <laughs> book that actually emphasizes spiritual growth mm-hmm. and the process of it called The Journey to the Inner Chamber. Mm-hmm. Some of my youth are actually finishing it up this week. Uh, but it's a great book. So it's, it's also a very easy read, very thin book. But it's also, while it's easy to read, it's also very um, entertaining. And it's very, um, very profound also, even. I think so, I, I saw that book on your desk. Yeah. I was like, oh, that looks interesting. Mm-hmm. As I was Journey to the Inner Chamber. You should yeah. check it out. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was just glancing over the article. This church, Biltmore Church, actually started with 25 people. And wow. now, now they've grown. That was early 2000s. And now they've grown to seven campuses. Um, but I mean, props to them. Like seriously, I, I, it was I, it was so encouraging to read the fact that that many people got baptized and the fact that they were gonna disciple them to make sure that they you know continue on this yeah. spiritual journey. It's nice hearing yeah. a church that is gospel centered, discipleship centered, um, that is growing. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of churches out there that are growing, unfortunately, that you know are growing because of the wrong reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, there's, there's churches out there that, are, that God, are, God is also blessing yeah. because of the faithfulness. And so, praise the Lord and glory to Him. Yeah. All right. I think that wraps it up a little bit um, shorter than our previous episodes. But yeah. uh, I hope you all enjoyed it. Don't forget to follow us and like and comment, do all that social media stuff mm-hmm. uh, on TikTok and. Uh, oh, we we may have a um, an entertaining TikTok coming up soon. <laughs> be on so, the lookout. Yeah, so be on the lookout for that. Yep. Oh, actually, it would have came out already by the time this episode. Probably. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, but if well, you missed it, if you missed it, you can you can you can uh, take a look at it at, at that too. But, yeah, look um, us up. You can you can find our TikTok and everything through links on Instagram and whatnot. It's all connected. Uh, but on on TikTok, it's Hebrews and then the letter N. Mm-hmm. talks somebody had hebrew hebrews and talks somehow uh which is weird but uh <laughs> that's very weird yeah but uh yeah hebrews and talks mm-hmm. and then on instagram hebrews and talks uh youtube same thing mm-hmm. uh, but yeah we'll see you guys there all right have a great week we'll see you next time see you guys bye